In the beginning was the word. Oh, I see. You think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? It's just me. You think Jesus is some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Donna from Destiny Rescue. Now, uh, I recently went to Cambodia and went on a, a trip with Heartland International into Kempon Chen. And one of the highlights of my trip was going to a Destiny Rescue orphanage where these young girls had been rescued from uh, child uh, slavery and, and the sex trade. And they served us coffees. They gave us Anzac bickies, which was a nice treat in the middle of Cambodia, believe me. And uh, they, they just had this glow about them. And I was so inspired, and uh, it's really excited to catch up with you today. Donna, welcome to History Makers. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about Destiny Rescue. You've got a number of different countries that you have orphanages in. Whereabouts are you based nowadays? Uh, at the moment, we're in India, Mozambique, Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, and soon to open in Laos next month. Wow, that's incredible. And what's the heart of Destiny Rescue? What, how do you do what you do? Well, our main focus is obviously going into the brothels and rescuing young children out of child prostitution. So we go in undercover, posing as clients, basically, and taking young children back to motels where we've got female staff waiting, and we rescue the children and take them to our rescue homes from there. So we regularly get children as young as five years old out of the brothels. My goodness, it is just shocking. Like, I've got an 11-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 1-year-old, and I just cannot fathom you know, a child as young as five um, being caught up in this in the sex trade. And I know there's actually been quite a big move. Uh, NGOs recently, there's a whole bunch of different ones that are being raised up right now. Uh, you know, no more traffic, that's a big movement. There's a lot yeah. of sex trafficking and uh, people are getting organised now to rescue uh, these young girls and, and boys out of these uh, these horrible circumstances. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved. Let, let's Let's take a step back. So you grew up in New Zealand. That's right. And yes. uh, your uh, dad was a pastor? Uh, he was a pastor when we moved to Australia. So I moved to Australia when I was about 13. Uh, we went up to Cairns where my parents pioneered a Christian outreach centre up in Cairns. Mm-hmm. So I have been brought up in church my whole life. So that's basically as mm. much as I could tell you on that mm. sort yeah. of things, I suppose. And then you and your husband you know, ran a catering business. You, you, you've done a whole bunch of different things. But that's right. what made you have this... Holy discontent, this passion to get involved in, in Destiny Rescue. What, what opened the door for you? Well, my brother actually started up Destiny Rescue, him and his wife, about eight years ago. So they live over in Thailand and he's one of the guys that goes in undercover. And obviously they would come back to Australia regularly and telling us all the different stories and that sort of thing. And myself, like many other people, go, oh, you know, that's shocking. And, of course, we would donate and we would sponsor children and that sort of thing. But it wasn't really probably till about three years ago where I made my first trip over there with my two teenage girls at the time where we went into Cambodia and we were on the dumps in Phnom Penh. It's when you, you know, and you see the little kids fossicking through the rubbish, you know, desperate for something to eat, where you go into the homes and you see the little girls that, have been rescued out of brothels who have been raped up to 10 times every single day and you wrap your arms around them and you look into their eyes and you just picture the horror and the terror that these little kids have been going through and it affected me so much that it's changed my life and not only my life but my daughters that were with me totally changed them, my entire family, you know, 100% behind everything we do. So, Isn't it dangerous? 
going yes, into these brothels? Like, <coughs> what are the what are the risks involved in this? Well, there's definitely risks. The brothel owners don't appreciate it when their children go missing, but um, we're always very careful. So the guys are very careful. There's a lot of prayer that goes into this sort of thing. So we obviously believe, you know, we've got God's covering, and this is a real God thing that we're doing. Um, you know, this is something that's breaking God's heart, and we're out there doing what we can, and we really believe that we've got God on our side. Well, we know, um, you know, there's a lot of scriptures where uh, the Bible says that God loves the fatherless and the widow. He cares for those that are going through that stuff. And you've obviously got God on your side. Uh, Tell us some of the stories of uh, girls that have been rescued and uh, what they've been rescued from and and how they're now thriving in, in their life now. Well, I could just read you a couple of just brief stories that we've got of girls from Cambodia. We had a girl who had been raped since she was only four years old, and she's seven now. You know, she's never had dolls. She's never had a father who loved her or a mother who protected her. You know, she can still picture the faces of many of her abusers. Uh, It's going to take a long time for her body to heal physically from the abuses she's endured, and she still sleeps with the light on. Um, You've got another girl who was 10 years old, She was violently raped by a man in a village who, while raping her, he severely tore her internally and left her to bleed to death. You know, she was found almost dead. She's tested positive for STDs and typhoid and just many other illnesses from being, you know, emotionally traumatised. But these girls, I could sit here and tell you story after story, but unfortunately, you know, they're not isolated cases. We hear stories like this every single day. And at work, you know, we spend a lot of time in tears when you keep hearing these stories, but... You go over there and you see the dramatic change of these kids. I know they're going to carry emotional scars forever, but to see them running around laughing and playing like, you know, a normal child and, you know, every child that comes into one of our homes is given the opportunity to meet with God. You know, all these kids are are given that opportunity. You know, we, we teach them, you know, the Bible and all that sort of thing. They're all given, you know, the salvation message. And to this day, every child that's come into one of our homes has been born again, has been saved. And um, it's just amazing to see the total change and If people ever wonder, does child sponsorship actually work? I can tell you, for these kids, their lives have totally been, you know, their lives, their destinies have totally been transformed. So people can sponsor um, children through Destiny Rescue. How does that work? They can. It's $45 a month. Now, 100% of that money goes overseas to help the kids. We don't keep a cent out in Australia here for administration or anything like that. We've got some generous businesses here in Brisbane, actually, that support us for all those sort of costs. And, uh, yeah, $45 a month, which is only just a little over $10 a week, and you can totally change a child's life. And how many girls have been rescued so far in, in the last eight years? We have about 1,600 children in our program at the moment. That is a combination of children that have been rescued and also we have a prevention program. We do the same thing as these pimps do. We go into the villages and recognise children that are at risk of being sold into prostitution. So we will support them as well and offer them obviously sponsorship and medical schooling and that sort of thing. I couldn't tell you the breakdown of of the two groups but we have about 1,600 in our care at the moment. Absolutely incredible and I know when I was in Cambodia and I met these young girls... Uh, some of them had started getting jobs at local cafes and, That's right. and were doing training courses and learning English. And uh, it was just wonderful to see um, the, uh, you, you know, there's a great saying, when, when you see a spark, blow on it, you know. And some mm-hmm. of these girls, they, they're gifted in different areas and, 
and I, I could see that the carers there at the orphanage were encouraging those young girls uh, to you know in, increase their talents and their giftings yeah. and get out there and, and make something out of their life. And, and it's just so good to see that they've been rescued. Uh, now let's let's take a step back and have a look at the uh, the cycle of poverty that young girls end up getting sold to a pimp. How poor and destitute and horrific must it be for a mum or a dad to say, look, my only child, or my, my child, I cannot afford to keep them anymore, I'm going to sell them to a pimp. You know, and, and how much money, like what... <coughs> How prevalent is this in the third world countries that, that you guys are going into? Oh, it's shocking. It's, there's poverty like here in the Western world we can't comprehend. Mm. So we've got families usually who have multiple children mm. and these kids are starving. You mm. know, It's like you see on TV. We have grass huts in, in Africa. We've got bits of tin sort of you know, put together over dirt and that sort of thing. So a lot of the time, unfortunately, to feed their children, they'll sacrifice one. Mm. So they might sell one child you know, to give a meal to their other children because usually these pimps will offer money coming back, you know, every month and we'll find an average, these kids are getting paid $2 a month, you know. Now that's $2 a month for performing services that children shouldn't even know exist, mm-hmm. you know? Now, if people are listening and they're thinking, you know, I want to do something about this, um, obviously they can uh, sow financially into this ministry and, and uh, sponsor a child. Can people go on a trip and... and uh, see see th- things firsthand and, and be a part of a, uh, the mission? Definitely. We have teams that are going over all the time throughout the year. Those trips are short-term, so they usually are between two to three weeks. So if they just jump onto our website and uh, click onto an inquiry, you know, f- about that sort of thing, someone will be in contact with them within, you know, 24 hours. Mm. Now, uh, Donna, you mentioned before that, you know, you were raised uh, in, a, in a Christian family. Your dad ended up becoming a pastor and you also mentioned that most of the girls, uh, 100% of the girls that have been rescued, become born-again Christians. That's right. And there might be people listening that are thinking, you know, I've never really taken that step. I've never become a Christian. Would you speak to those listeners and talk through how they can become a Christian? Yeah, well, basically, um, as I was saying earlier, I mean, these things here, what are happening to these kids is breaking God's heart. Yeah. But if you're away from God and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, that's breaking God's heart just as much. Yeah. I mean, you're one of his kids and he really is longing for you to come home. All you have to do is say, God, I believe in you, you know. You know, just forgive me for my previous life. I want to live for you. Um, you know, I accept you, Jesus, as my saviour. And it's as simple as that. I mean, he will He will come, you know. He yeah. will come into your heart, you know. God is real. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me of the story uh, in, in the Bible where there was a crippled man and uh, they opened up the roof and they lowered him down and they asked Jesus to heal him. And he said, well, there's two problems here. There's one, he needs to be saved. Secondly, he needs to be healed. And uh, So Jesus dealt with both of them. And I think that's one of the good things about Destiny Rescue. You don't just do the social action and rescue them mm. from the horrible uh, prostitution and the, and the pimps and the, the lifestyle in, in the brothels, but you also give them spiritual hope for the future. Now, tell me about one of these young girls comes to Christ. Do you see a change in them physically? Like, have you seen, you know, girls' lives absolutely turn around once once they come to that point? Well, if I could tell you a story, like I was over there last in May this mm-hmm. year, 
and I had the privilege of being a part of one of their worship services where a couple of the homes had come together. Now, we're talking kids, um, you know, little kids, you know, 10-year-olds, and, of course, some teenagers who had been sold by their parents. These are kids who were being raped, you know, up to 10 times every single day. And these kids were standing in this worship service, and it moved me so much just to be looking around the room. And I would say a majority of them were standing there with their eyes closed. They had one hand raised in the air, and the other hand on their heart and they just had tears streaming down their cheeks and I don't know if I've ever seen such genuine worship that it, it did it um, I was in tears just looking at it and I thought man what a difference um, what these girls have come out of as to where they are now oh well it's been so inspiring to hear the story of Destiny Rescue uh, so tell us uh, so once again people can donate money people can go on a trip Yes. Um, people can pray. Definitely. Is there any other ways, uh, practically? Uh, I guess the website's probably got lots of information on there people can look at. What's the website people can go to? Uh, www.destinyrescue.org. Okay. All right. Well, we'll encourage people to go and have a look at that website. The link uh, will be on the History Makers website as well, uh, so people can go and have a look at that. And uh, if you would like to uh, find out any more information about Destiny Rescue, go to the website and check it all out. And uh, I tell you, I was just telling Donna before this interview, I went to Cambodia and it literally has taken the blinders off my eyes. You know, you see the poverty, you see the different lifestyle uh, in some of these uh, poorest countries of the world and you realise how cushy we've got it over here in Australia. We, we are top 5% of the richest people in the world over here. Yeah. And uh, with the talents and the gifts and the finances that God's given us, we need to be investing them uh, into uh, the weakest of the weak and the poorest of the poor. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. And what we do to the least of these, we do unto him. That's right. Uh, so it's so important that we uh, sow into ministries like Destiny Rescue and um, make sure that we're uh, using what God's given us to make the world a better place. That's right. Um, well, Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, I'm looking forward to visiting Destiny Rescue again next time I head over to Southeast Asia. And well, that'll be good. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. There you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter, and also you can make a donation if you'd like. All emails will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining us, and remember, what's the point of getting out of bed if you can't make history? I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.